You are listening to a UniE.TV production. Welcome to the Force of D's Morning Show featuring Pebbly Poo and I know on planet Earth who this great gentleman is. <laughs> is this the legendary, iconic, uh-oh, the phenomenal, uh-oh, woo, the, the vocal champion, uh-oh, Freddie Jackson. <laughs> you know, you guys, you listen very well. You know, I, I, I sit that in and you know, you fight very well. That's why you're such great singers, you know? That's uh, right. You, you, you gave me nothing but tender love. That's what you did. There you go, brother. Always, brother Freddie, man. man. It's a pleasure, man. Now, now if, if people didn't know that, uh, we go way back with Freddie because uh, we was under oh, the same. Yes, we was under the same management at one time. You know, a uh, hush productions back yeah. to, back in New York, and uh, that's when Freddie just came out with Rock with Me tonight, and he rocked the whole. Produ- he rocked it all when he came out, and uh, you know, Melba Moore is definitely a big inspiration to him. That uh, you know, bringing him out to the. The, the the mass audience and to hear the beautiful voice of Freddie Jackson and uh and boy did he 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 become a superstar you know a lot of people compared him to Luther Vandross but Freddie was right there yeah, toe to toe okay yeah it's, it's all right he was toe to toe he was hanging <laughs> Freddie was hanging yeah. up <laughs> I, I, I think I, Luther Luther came and knocked on my door in California when I first got it when I got a Grammy nomination and uh, I was staying. At that, uh, I think it was the Nico Hotel or something. No, the Lapa Lodge Hotel over there where right, everybody yeah, stayed. And uh, I opened up the door. And who was standing there? Luther Van Joss. And I said, oh, my God. Wow. And he's wow. Like, he, and I said, and I said to him, I said, well, you know, come in. He says, no, 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 no. I don't want to come in. I really just want to see who you were. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and, and I said, I said, oh, okay. I said, you sure you don't want to come in? He said, no, I don't want to come in. I just want to give you this card and wish you congratulations then to say, break a leg. No, he <laughs> says, I mean, as a matter of fact, break both of your legs. <laughs> <laughs> that is something. Uh... So, you know, it's a, when people make that comparison, it's okay because as you guys know, comparisons, they work and they help us sell records uh, or, or they used to uh, selling records as a whole other conversation these days. But, you know, uh, Luther and I sometimes stage antics just to say, let's just see the reaction of people when we were out at parties and we would shut down a party in the middle of the room and people were like, oh God, they hate each other. Oh. But then we, would, we would be like, did you see the expression on such and such face? And we'd be laughing. But, you know, you know, we'd be like, when is your next album coming out? And he says, okay, I'm, I'll be ready for you because I'm going to talk smack about you. And I'm like, oh, you better believe I'm coming to talk smack about you too. That's the thing about it. 
<laughs> but the thing about it was, it was almost like the thriller in Manila. People were like, well, we're going to buy Luther's album. We're going to buy Freddie's album because we want to see which one is better. So the next thing I know, I got a double platinum album Ooh. just because I'm fighting with crazy Luther Van Gogh for no reason. You know, oh. so, uh, it, you know, it was, but... I was a consummate fan of his, and um, he admired me, and we would sometimes see each other at restaurants, and I'd steal a piece of chicken off his plate. And he was so crazy. He was so like, now you can take my, my saw, but you can't take my leg. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> that, but, uh, you know, it's all cool, but that's yes. all a part of the nature. It's all part of it. That's it. That's all it is. It, it would be. It would have been amazing if you guys would did an album together, man. Just a yeah, duet you know, album, just, just you like, and him. That would have like, been wow. Wow. That would have blew well, people. You know, Y'all would definitely want a Grammy say, for that. Man, let's go on tour. Let's do records. Like that's one thing that you and I are never gonna do. He says we're never gonna make a record together. We're never gonna be on stage together. He says enough is enough. It's enough that you came out making a record and giving me competition. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a beautiful thing. Hey, 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 no, guess, no, guess. No, 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 Freddie, can you let everybody know where you're from? Because people, some people don't 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 know exactly where you're from. So just just make a clarification, like where you're from. Well, I'm from the streets of Harlem, the USA. Oh! Yeah. Was you born in Harlem Hospital? Street, yeah, 121st Street and 8th Avenue. Wow. That's from the Apollo Theater. So the Apollo Theater really was my school of education. That was my um, college uh, because I lived there on Saturday seeing some of the most intricate and some of the finest with, uh, acts from Marvin Gaye to Otis Redding to Sam Cooke, the Jackson Five, Tap Patty wow. the Blue Bells. Wow. I mean, uh, Five Stair Steps. I mean, uh, it goes back, the main ingredient. So I've seen, that was my education, Donnie Hathaway, Marvin Gaye. Donnie Hathaway, so wow. I was able Woo. to actually Jackie Wilson. It list goes on and on. So wanting to be a singer, I get my education from iconic artists that I looked at on stage and watched them and listened to them sing, uh, the balladeers sing, and how they performed and how they moved, how they dressed, how they carried themselves. And I think I got my PhD in it. And um, the Apollo in Harlem is truly my legacy and my love. Wow. Hey, Freddie, this is Kyla. You probably wouldn't believe You know Steve and TC was born from Harlem, right? Moved to, went to from know. Harlem to Staten Island. You I knew saw, that? I, I saw what I think what are we was I was up in Harlem buying me one of those flashy uptown <laughs> You see me in there. Hey, oh, oh, you see Steve up <laughs> yeah. there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I said, I said, now don't tell nobody I get these jackets from here because I don't want nobody walking around in my <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I was born in Harlem also. Was you, uh, Freddie, was you born in the Harlem Hospital? No, I was born in the Sydenham Hospital. Oh, now uh, um, the George Faison Firehouse uh, Playhouse. But it's on 120, uh, I think, 24, 124th and St. Nicholas Avenue. My mother had all five of her children there. So they wow. just gave her a pass and said, come on, we'll see you in a couple of years. You know, you're coming back. So, all right. All, all of us were born at the Sydenham Hospital. I was okay. in church. 
in Harlem, the Mount Nebo Baptist Church, and then I went to White Rock, and then I went to junior high school, Wadley Junior High School. So I was a true Harlem boy. There you go, Harlem. Right, Pebbly, want to ask? This is Pebbly. Yeah. Hey, Freddie Jackson. This is Pebbly Poo. How you doing? I'm doing good. Well, first of all, let me say it's an honor and a pleasure to be speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being part of the Clear FM radio show today. Well, it's my pleasure when my boys call me and say, Freddie, we got this going on and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't even a long conversation, you know, because we have history together and it's important for me uh, to especially be there for people that I have history with because this industry is so in and out. Right. And so when you hear excellent things and new things going on, for people that you do know and that they're doing what it is that they still love to do because this is a form of entertaining. Yes. It's not singing, but it's a form of that's letting right. people know about music. So I had to be a part of this that's because right, that's Freddie. how tight we are. Thank you, well, brother. <laughs> well, let me ask you this question because how did it feel to be dominating the R&B charts how did it feel like when they say, oh, you one of the biggest stars of the latter in the 80s to be the just dominating that R&B chart? How did it feel to you? It felt like the king. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like coming to America. You know, I felt like the king. Yeah. I know that's right. You know, uh, well, you know, to be honest with you, I, you know, when I started in the industry, I started as a background singer, of course, from Melba Moore. I, my first background job was singing background at the age of 29 for Harry Belafonte. I was on the road with him. Uh, I was an original Dale boy singing for Harry Belafonte. And then I went back to my job as a word processor because I wasn't sure if I wanted to even do anything in the <laughs> entertainment field. Right. Because it was so cutthroat, nasty, and too many dreams and hopes mm. and promises that were not met. So, um, uh, Paul Lawrence, who wrote Rock Me Tonight, called me at my Ooh, office. Oh, that was said, one of my records. Yeah, you need to get up from your desk and you need to find some place. I'm going to bring some people to see you perform. And so I made the Rock Me Tonight album. And uh, I was in London at the time doing some interviews with the label there. And I got a call and management called and said, well, we want to just let you know that you got a number one record. And oh. I'm like, in my attitude, but to be honest with you, I was living in the Bronx in an apartment had no furniture, had a ghetto blaster. <laughs> in the daytime, the pillow was my, those pillows put my sofa, and then that it became my bed. And I used to walk across the bridge to go to White Castles and get my dinner. White Castles! I was doing sessions, but I wasn't too sure about uh, what was happening, and I got all about the number one record, and I never, my entire life, in a matter of maybe six months, just changed. I mean, just absolutely changed. I no longer was for me, just for Freddie. I became for everybody else. Everybody had a decision in who I was, how I was going to dress, what I was going to say, what I was going to do. Wow. So I just, I just didn't make a difference. So when I got this uh, accolade of uh, Rock Me Tonight spending 24 weeks 
at number one. That was the mm. first one. And then wow. you, my lady spent, weeks. You, my lady spent 26 weeks at number God. one. Yeah. Damn, Freddie. I mean, records were, wow. they were just, I'm, and people kept calling me like, yo, the record is number one again. But my attitude was like, Wow, that's, <laughs> that's all I could say. You know, not knowing that all this stuff was going to lead into um, uh, um, longevity of here right. I am and I'm still doing it, which, still is, doing which it. is a blessing. I got my blessings, but it was a bit scary at the same time because right. now everything and my entity had changed, my surroundings, my friends, my zip code, everything <laughs> just automatically changed. Now I got a 17-acre state house and horses, and the only thing I know about a horse is getting on the subway, the train. <laughs> you know? Dying so, horse. Um, I don't know. You know, all these things are being thrown at me, but and while they're being thrown at you, um, you're learning and you're experiencing ups and downs, and also you're really experiencing how strong you are as an individual. That's right. So I enjoyed a lot of it, but trust me, a lot of it was really education because it's highs and lows. Mm. Who you trust, who you don't trust. So, but it was, I, I was elated at, wow, number one, you know, because I really didn't know what it, if it, what it meant. I had sang on number one records, but not Freddie Jackson had the number one record, record and didn't see my name and posters all over Harlem with my name, my face on it with that little light blue suit and my little nappy <laughs> black hair, you know. And, you know, I'm like, oh man, I think I'm a star. <laughs> yeah, you was now, now Freddie. Now, uh, to produce the producers that produced a lot of your songs in the uh, early '80s was, uh, m- m- not mistaken, Paul Lawrence and. Uh, yeah, you had some songs yeah. written by Lilo Thomas. Is that is that, is that correct? Uh, well, no, Lilo sang on my album. Oh, he but sang I on your album, and I wrote with Lilo, uh, with uh, a song called "Trust Me" for Lilo. I uh, I wrote for him, and I toured a lot before I ever got a deal with Lilo Thomas and Mr. Barry Eastman. Of course, we wrote "You and My Lady," and I apologize for Anita Baker, and of course, the great and the infamous, uh, the great. Neck band and Whitehead, uh, they produced yeah. a lot of things for me. So, um, uh, though I was able to work, especially Gene McFadden, who, God, he just took me and molded me in, in knowing the right song that I should sing and the right they songs that I should not sing no and it's the wrong songs that I shouldn't sing that were not songs that would give me the leverage to hold on to like um, I Don't Want to Lose Your Love which is still iconic yeah. song yes. in, my, in my repertoire and you can't you can't get the magic I can't and the trueness out of a song like that and how he delivered it and actually how he bought it, what he bought out of me in it. So um, I I will always remember Gene McFadden, uh, Ain't No Stopping Us Now, iconic yes. song all over the yeah. world. Uh, people who wrote songs that are staples all over the world. And so um, those are basically my main producers. But Barry Eastman wrote, I think, six of the 11 number one records that I wow. had, and then Paul Lawrence. Wow. Yeah, Paul Lawrence wrote the rest, and 
um, and then uh, Gene McFadden. So I, I had I had a team of incredible writers, and I co-wrote some of the songs like "Have You Ever Loved Somebody" and "Jam Tonight." You, you know, I, I, I put the, I, you know, I put my pen to you. That's and, right, baby. And, That's uh, right, Brett. Yeah, put yeah, your pen up in that thing too. You, love, that jam tonight is still yeah, paying yeah, this morning, jam you know? tonight. Yeah, jam tonight. Yeah. Hey, Freddie. Let me. Hey, Freddie. Hey, Freddie. This is Khalil. Let me ask you something. Uh, your your uh your vocal training because you know we got we 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 starting to set up like seminars up here, you know, like academy. We, we're trying to open an academy up here. Not trying to open. We we, we open an academy up here, and uh, okay. and we got you know different vocal trainers coming through. What what's some of your vocal uh, secrets? Or I don't want to say secrets, vocal tricks that you would share with up and coming vocalists. Well, you know, today we have um, a lot of people riffing, but they're riffing wrong. They're riffing till they are out of breath, <laughs> um, and because they're they're doing so many wrong. They're riffing the wrong way. They're listening to each other now. You see, I used to mimic incredible singers. You know, uh, Luther. Um, I used to mimic Sam Cooke. I used to mimic uh, Otis Redding, Nat mm. Cole, Sam Cooke, Marvin Gaye, as I said. Um, great, great Donny Hathaway singers. Now it's hard to really find in the male genre a great, great, I really know how to sing from the heart and soul artist. Now we do have today I can kind of sing, <laughs> and, and I want to sound like him, but to be honest with you, him really needs to learn a few things. But the kids are listening to each other, and so really what they're doing is a thing called bad training because it's not the way to get it. So a lot of people don't know how to reach for a riff, or a lot of people don't know how to end a riff. Or to make sure that you don't need a lot of them if you get a few, because he's selling a record is selling a record, and the average person does not know how to riff. So the lame ear needs to sing along with you. So you have to first learn melody. If you learn melody, then you know when it's time to deliver the riff. Mm. And the riff has to sit on top of a line or a word that okay. will be memorable. And it has to actually be something that you can create, or even if it's something that you borrowed a sound, like Luther Van Gogh had a sound, but many male artists borrowed a lot of his little intricate secrecies. But you've got to come to the table with something in order to be able to bring it and to make it yours. So when Somebody heard a Luther Vandross record and how he delivered it, and they heard a Freddie Jackson record the way he delivered it. It's, we still stood out. Although people said we were alike, you knew when you were listening to Luther, and you knew you when That's you were right. listening That's to right. Freddie. That's right. Because we both had two separate, identical, but yet identical sounds, but they were unique. So you've got to make your lines, your, you've got to learn your lines, you've got to learn what's more passionate, where to add your air and your breath and your air on certain seeds. It's a whole, it, I do some of these seminars too. It's, it's singing a song, it's just that sing. It's, um, it's, 
up, embracing the line that you're singing and making it come true and making it believable. Like, there's something that I want to say. You get the, the ripples on the, yeah. the, the ripples on the water. Not, not, it's, uh, they, uh, they, uh, don't nobody need all that unless you're getting ready to go to Jesus. <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's just a matter of delivering it and making people believe that it's coming from your heart and soul. Not, yeah. they, uh, you, did you hear the So riffs is something, I remember when I did come out, people were like executed me. Some people were like, he risks too much. And then after five years later, a, a group came out and the name of the group was called Rip. I'm like, oh boy. Hey, Freddie, it pretty reminds you like a. Uh even though he's good when he's older, but a young Michael Jackson, how he says his mm-hmm. words and you believe it. At a young age, he had that. He had that knack at a young age to sing a song to make you believe it and feel what the he said conviction. at a young age. You mean yeah, conviction yeah, you know, at a young age? You know what was good? Let um, me tell you something. Michael Jackson is a genius because he's the only person in the world that I can know sing about a rat and make people cry. He <laughs> says <laughs> Yo, he ain't never lied. He think about catching a rat. <laughs> and that thing was, I, I cried like a bitch. two of us, we was no more. I said, damn, that's funny. Yeah. And hey. that was about a rat. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when he said, they don't see you as I do, I wish they right. would try to. They would try to. <laughs> I saw the movie who sell a little like this. <laughs> rap like that. In my neighborhood, we just say, got it, mama. <laughs> you know, um, you know the song, Freddie. You know the song you said, You Are My Lady. Like, I was so much into that song that I didn't want to say lady, so I used to say baby. You are my yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I did it. I, listen, listen. I sing it the way people want me to sing it. I've sung at some weddings with people who are the same sex, get married. You want me to sing you are my woman? You want me to say you are my man? I don't feel just like a chat. But, you know... <laughs> Hey, hey, Freddie, hey, hey, Freddie, what do you think about the, the industry today? Because it really changed a whole bunch from, you know, when you came out and, you know, before we came out. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think about where is that right now? Like, you know, and how do you think uh, people like ourselves fit in it right now? Well, how it fits in it is what you're doing right now. Because, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like they don't want great anymore. They just want it. The industry wants it the way they want it, and it's called not longevity because, quite obviously, you're still here and you're still doing it. So that means that you still guys still have the longevity in this. Um, it's like the hit, you either hit or miss, and then it's like hello and goodbye because I can still go in the, the grocery store and I can still walk down the aisle and hear Tender Love. Um, or in the elevator sometimes, or in through the airport. You know, you can still hear the compilation of music that we have recorded, even the stuff that you did with uh, Lisa Lisa and Culture. You can still hear these songs, which means that they made sense and they still live today. You don't have live live on still today music. You don't. You have 
uh, period music. That's what I call it right now. I'm calling it. <laughs> you know, you have period music. This is for this period, and after that, you're never going to know. Um, you'll never hear it again. Never going to hear it, never going to hear it, never going to hear it. You know, never again. You know, wow. so my for me, the industry has changed so much that music is now so sterile that it You've got to almost force it or buy it in order for it to do anything. Years ago, you you guys know that you can go to a radio station and just actually, they will play the entire album when you walked in to do an interview. Um, and even I, and I can say this, I went to a station and they said, Mr. Jackson, we'd love to feature your brand new album, but it's not in our playlist yet, but we can play anything else that you've ever recorded. Wow. And so, we can talk about it, we can say something about it, but we really have got to play out of the 11 number one records, not to mention the top 20, top 10, top five, right. but we've got nine of them here that we can play. And so uh, our artist is really kind of left like, wow, my body's work has been chopped up like that. Yeah. Even the 11 number one records, you don't have the, even the whole 11 <laughs> number one records here. <laughs> exactly. you, you, you have the so, how it's changed is that the industry has to, I think, have stagnated the, the buyer, the consumer, the listener. That's why this statement about R&B is dead. It's not dead. It's just that people are killing the myth of it because it's still yet alive because I still sell our rooms. And when I sell our rooms, it's adults who know what it is that they want and they're hungry. They're hungry. Well, what did it, what it is that they love that good old pure R&B soul. But then they, if, when they want their jazz, they know that that's there. When they want their gospel, but now they're trying to say that something that is an institution is no longer there, which stagnates me. It stagnates you from work. It stagnates you from going to a major record label and getting exactly what it is that you need. So what we are left to do is to be survival of the fittest. Like, you have this going on for you. I've got something else going on for me right now that uh, that allows me to do what it is that I do. And thank God, you know, I have the multitude of records where I can still go and do my gigs, but now I've become more uh, uh, pick and choose as to, as to where I'm going to go and how I'm going to go and when I'm going to do it. Because it's such a crazy place right now where you don't want to uh, out welcome you uh, you know out where you're welcome. So you got to know what it's what's right for you. So the music industry right now, it's about almost what you bring in. There is no more artist development. Nobody's developing That's artists right. anymore. Mm -hmm. Nobody's dressing artists anymore. There's no real thought going into it as it used to be. Now it's just. Yeah, it's just hey, whatever's hey. out there, and actually, some in some cases, they're taking bad and making it worse. Because what's really sad, <laughs> you got to remember, a lot of people um, get it so quickly that it's not the top; it's the in between that really you've got to learn how to hold on to. Because once you lose, if you you know, not everything stays on top. So in that middle part, there's some people who can't deal with that. They'll call it right. failure. Right. And when that happens, then that's when you begin to doubt you, yourself, and your being, and that's when you fall. So you've got to have something very strong in this industry that 
keeps you together. That's mind, body, and soul. Mind, and then body, and soul. You do what it is that you do best, and that's to perform and to sing. And you guys are still doing what it is that keeps you in it that's and right. to keep you happy. So right. we all got to find a place of happiness in this. And I'm honored to say that I found mine. Listen, um, Freddie, this Pebbly, uh, Melba Moore is on. She's saying, hey, Freddie. <laughs> oh my baby oh tell her to give me just a little bit more <laughs> hey freddie somebody you know we got the chat room is just blowing up here too somebody asked said what was the first song of uh, bobby sentiment from stessasonics he asked what was the first song you ever wrote for an artist uh it would be jam tonight it would be Jam Tonight. I wrote it for a guy by the name of, uh, how is strangely enough, I used to laugh at his name, but his name was Howard Johnson, <laughs> you know, because, you know, there was a wow. hotel away. Howard Johnson is the place where people can't live without <laughs> Howard Johnson. You're <laughs> <laughs> talking about, ooh, sofa, ooh, sofa. Ooh, yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, that's one of the first songs that I sang. That's me singing back now. Ooh, sofa. That's you. Yeah, that was that. That was a joy. Yeah. Baby, baby, so, um, baby. Uh, that that jam tonight. Paul Lawrence said, "Freddie, let's let Howard do it." But it was called Jam Song. Now, when I record, we were asking, "Well, Howard did it. Let's he kind of change it up so we can turn it into Jam Tonight." So uh, that's the first song uh, that I ever really recorded. Uh, uh, and then I went on to do "Trust Me" for. For Alina, uh, and then a uh, song called Keep It My Love Is Satisfied from Melbourne Moore. And then I started doing stuff for me, like Have You Ever Loved Somebody with Barry Eastman and, and uh, Tasty Love with Paul Lawrence. So, Jeez, oh, you know, I, I just, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm still writing. Yeah, Tasty I, Love, I write right? a whole bunch love. of stuff. You know? Damn, that was a joy, Tasty Love. You, man, Freddie, you. That you, was a nasty record. That yeah. was a nasty <laughs> That was just a nasty, come get it, and, take, and I can't leave the stage the without somebody licking their lips at me in the front row. Left up there. Yeah, man. Hey, man, you just made so many great classics, man, and we just so glad that we, we hey, I'm just glad we know you, man. We know you as, as an entertainer. And, uh, but, well, I'm glad that you guys called me and uh, okay. let me be a part of this magic. Because that's exactly what it is. It's good news. This is good news. And we need to spread good news. That's, that's right, right, baby. That's, that's right, Fred. Um, you know, you guys call me. If you, I got a couple of numbers that you might need to find a few other people so that they can compensate with Thank you. Okay, that'd be great, Fred. This that'd be is great, the kind man. of stuff that needs that not I did it with pleasure because it's something there's an education there as well. And there are a lot of needs and there's a lot of you who are sitting out saying well there's something that I want to say it's not you and my lady but there's something that I want to say but I don't have the vehicle or to to do it anymore right. nobody's yeah. calling me nobody's talking to me but there's a lot of stories that people really want to tell That's and right. talk about so this is a great vehicle and you're doing it yourself and can't nobody take away what you do on your own. So I'm very proud of you. Thank, thank hey, you. Hey, 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 Freddie, I'm sorry, um, Khalil. Freddie, yeah. Melba said, don't turn your back on me just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <Yeah>. LOL. <laughs> 
But you, let her know that she I now live you. in New Jersey, so I'm she closer said, to her. Wait, wait. So she can get it any time. Freddie, she said you. <laughs> Freddie, she said you cheating on her with Patty Labelle. <laughs> <laughs> She hear you, Freddie. She hear you. <laughs> tell I said, come and get a man there. And she said, come on and get him. Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey Freddie, while we at it, uh, could you tell let them know what your next show is? You got a, a show coming up with Patty Bell, if I'm mistaken, right? Yeah, I got it. I got a, a show coming up with the infamous Boule Boucher, Blake herself. Yeah, that's uh, the day after Valentine's Day. You know, you need a little love the day after Valentine's Day. There you go. You know, some people just give them chocolates and the roses on Valentine's Day and say, I'm done. No. The next day is important, too. That's so, right. um, yeah, we're at NJ Pack with uh, uh, Miss Patty LaBelle. And uh, it's, people don't like talking about it. Like, it's like, whoa. But, you know, it goes back into what I was trying to say to you, how... People are hungry for what they know and what's good. And when they hear of a package like this, they're like, it's not even any second guessing. Because it's a night of pure entertainment, music that they know, and they know they're going to get it right from Freddie and Patty, you know? And so people will, they will do that thing that they used to do, guys. Remember? You go get you a date and, and get you all dressed up and go and have dinner. They'll That's make right. a evening of things like this. You have to give people a reason to want to do it. So um, I'm really happy to be a part of this okay. package. I think it's going to be real nice. And so Miss Melba Moore is listening. Tell her, come on and get your man. That's you right. Listen, <laughs> Freddie. Freddie, she says, I'm coming and crash the show and get my man. She says she's going to get her man back. And I got um Sharon Haddon she said, um, hey, Freddie, I'm 39 years old, but I love your music uh, because my parents played your music. I love just like the first time album from the beginning oh, to the end. 39 years album. old. You love me just like the first time. Yeah, I, I've got a catalog of, of stuff. You know, I, If I never make another record, you can pick songs off of that's the right. all the records that I have right. and come out with a brand new compilation. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know... We used to make albums, we made albums, we made sure that all 10 or 11 or 12 of the songs were records, not the album fillers. So That's we didn't, right. we didn't know right. about just filling records. We was like making records for records, for real. Right. You know, so. Um, That's what the day uh, If I never make another one, although I, I'm grateful to have a new album that came out last year. It's called Love Signals, and it's a wonderful yeah, album. Yeah, it's called Love Signals, and um, it's a wonderful album, and, you know, you know, the single did well. Especially for these days, you know, if you can go top 10, that's like a number one record these days. If you can go top 20 these days, it's a number one record. So, wow, um, man. You, damn, you, uh, I, you know, I'm just proud of what it is that I do and happy. But I'm even more happy about the fact that I still have an audience. Yes, yes. And let me tell you. That I have an audience and I can still do what it is that I love to do. Yes, and, you have. You know, I remember, I remember Melba t- saying to me on the airplane one time, um, 
when she had this big old fur coat, she had many of them, but you know, I used to like assist her to get my luggage in and I had Melba's stuff with me too. You know, but each one helped each other. But I remember, but I was intrigued and wanted to learn so many different things, you know, and so my God had placed this angel in my life and I didn't come from a family full of, uh, from a family full of musicians that can groom me and tell me, Melba just sat me down and she took me by the hand and one of those questions, she said, she used to call me Fred Ball, because she said my voice was like like a break dancer. You do all those little riffs, you like break dancing. You know? <laughs> and so uh, she said to me, and she said, Learn from me. Look at me. Watch me. What I do. Look. Look at the way I I, I, I carry it. The way I I talk about it. The way I do it, and how I reach for them on stage. And so, my God. I mean, you can't pay for that at school, you know. And so. She gave me her heart and her soul in that, you know. When I did right, she told me I was right. And when there were things in my life, when I did wrong, she would call me and say, you're not doing right, you know. But, um, and I'm grateful for that because a lot of us don't have that in our lives. We have people that are in our lives That's that right. even when they see us doing wrong, they don't connect. So I've been very blessed to you're be so able blessed, to have. Brother. So blessed, uh, man. Those spirit of people around me, so I'm very honored. Yeah, and, and Melva said you're her funny Valentine's. <laughs> oh, tell her, I, tell her to come on to the show and cut it out. And, and here. Come on. Hey, 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 hey. Real, real quick, real quick, hey Freddie, the song that you, you put out uh, last year without you—that's the, is that on the independent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, that's what we do. Everybody, hey, that's what everybody do now. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, you're right. That's that's exactly what we do. We've been putting out. You got to do what you got to do, and also you can say what it is that you want people to hear. And I have a bunch of people that sit behind a desk that didn't know you from Julie Squad telling you exactly what your fans should hear or what they're ready to hear. Exactly. Because they're not out there on the road with you, seeing, hearing, and experiencing, and talking to your fans. So your fans know you sometimes better than the executives do. So you've got to follow the leader, and the leader sometimes, in some cases, are your Fans, because when this thing goes dark, guess who's going to be there for you? Your fans. Your fans. That's right. That's They're right. going to be there for you. So you better start listening to them. And so what I do is say, you know what? I could, I could very well go to a major and say, blase, blase, blase. And I went to a few, but then the things that I was hearing was like, nah, I'm not going to do this. It's <laughs> listen, listen. You know, I'm, um, I'm finally free at last already. But there you, there you go, brother. There you go. Hey, Freddie. Um, yeah. Christopher Muhammad. He's saying that you you actually made his years of marriage uh, stick together for 19 years. 19 wow. years, man. Wow. Yes, Freddie. he says. So what? <laughs> Tell Christopher, I said, when we're finished with the interview, I'll leave you guys an address. He can mail me the check whenever he wants. <laughs> uh, Dr. Phil gets 
paid and Freddie likes to feel money. So <laughs> anytime, if I get that much helping, he can run the check. That's right. <laughs> hey, 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 Freddie. Right. Hey, Freddie, we want to thank you. Thank you, man, so much. We want to so thank much. you for coming on, a, you know, coming and sharing your, 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 your love and your energy and your, 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 your whole, you know, your, your whole presence with us, which is yes. priceless with us, man. And what we want to do, Freddie, before we leave off, we want to rock your, we want to play that Without You song. Is that okay? Oh, I would love for you to let the, uh, people to hear it. Yeah. Uh, the oh, album is oh, wonderful. Actually, the, the Love Signals, the name, of the, the name of the album is called Love Signals. Mm -hmm. And Love Signals is a song, if you ever get a chance to listen to the album, really it's very apropos for what's going on in the world today, the shutdown, the wars, and the rest of the stuff. So I think that that might be my next single. And see, the wonderful thing about an independent, you can pull a record off whenever you decide to pull it off. That's and that's right. what I love about it. I mean, I've been for this year, but I'll play. I'll release the next year. You can do it too. Right, well, but they, without you, I think it's a okay. So they can, they can get that on Spotify. And on this album, I did more. I did more writing on this album than I've ever done before. So I'm hey, very happy. Yeah. Hey, so, but hey, Freddie, I, once so, again, I'm happy for you guys. Do what you we do. We love you. Love you, man. You need me. I'm <laughs> Hey, 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 Freddie, boy, you, you, we, you, boy, you, you don't know, boy. You got so much love in here right now. You don't yeah, even yes. love you, bro. Let me we tell love you, you, man. Wait a minute. James Etta Taylor. She said, hey, Freddie, remember the 1970 Charles Evan High School talent show where we all perform great memories? Wow. What's your name? What's your name? James, James, James Etta. Jay Meta oh, Taylor. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> James Etta. James Etta owes me five dollars. <laughs> hey, hey. hey, she got the nerve to call me up. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I'm just kidding. I do remember, yeah, yeah I think my talent show, as a matter of fact, I did uh, uh, Ain't Understanding Mellow by Jerry Butler. Oh, wow. Really oh, you take and, that, uh, yeah, tell why. Blast from the past. That's you see, this is what I love about independent radio. You get to find out where some people are and what they're doing. Get at Jametta's address too, because I need to prepare to pay up on that fire. <laughs> <laughs> she hear you. She hear you. All right, Freddie, man. We Jametta, thank you again. That beautiful smile that she's listening. I most certainly do remember you. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey, Freddie. We gonna look. Is, is any is any any like social media website information you want to give out to everybody that's listening? Cause we got a lot of people listening. We got Freddie Jackson at Airwall.com. It's on Yahoo. It's on uh, um, Google. It's on all kind of stuff. Y'all know I'm older today. I don't have no time for no computerized <laughs> stuff. Just give me the microphone and show me the dress room. I got no time to be Facebooking it and Twittering and Twattering and, and all the rest of that stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you crazy, Freddie. It was enough for me to get this. Number off of the cell phone before you die. <laughs> hey, 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 Fred, man, again, man, we thank you, man. Yo, you, ble you blessed our day today, you man. Made our day, yes. Yes, so we're going to rock your new song uh, without you. Let's without you. This, this is off of Freddie's newest and CD. Let's, let's do it in Melbourne more. That's all I need. There you go. Oh, man, that's yeah. my journey right there, too. Ow. Yeah. All right, man. Yo, we, we, we never wish you a happy New Year's. This is going to be a great year for you, Freddie. You just keep doing what you're yeah. doing, man. Keep, keep, keep putting And that. likewise, guys. Thank you, man. Thank you. There's always, remember, there's always a force behind the power. Love it. I love Ooh. that. You get the bell for that. You get the bell for that, Fred. There you go, baby. All right, now. <laughs> behind the power. 
All right, hey, Freddie, listen, everybody that's listening right now, this is one of Freddie Jackson's new single off his album. It's called Without You.
This has been a UniE.TV production.